2: Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just
3: told
0: me.
2: SIMULTV.com Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com SIMULTV.com
4: Roswell in the 21st Century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force, but the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com.
5: Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, You can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404-474-0086.
6: And this is Patty Conklin and Healing Within. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of today's show. I know you're going to find it informative and very uh, enlightening. So I want to talk to you a little bit about my guest and then we're going to get a whole lot more information from her. Um, My guest today is Julie Ryan and um, the website is AskJulieRyan.com. Uh, Julie is a psychic and medical intuitive, and she can sense uh, when medical conditions and illnesses a person has and facilitate energy, energetic healings. She can communicate with spirits, both alive and dead. Julie can scan animals, access built, people's past lives and remove ghosts from home and other building and she can tell how close to death someone is her book angelic attendance what really happens as we transition from this life into the next describes a series of events that involves angels multitudes of deceased family and friends the spirits of deceased pets and countless serendipitous and miraculous moments Julie's latest book, Angel Messages for Kids, is a a picture book that has angels answering kids' tough questions. Each week, Julie scans callers on her podcast, which is heard by millions in over 100 countries throughout the world. Julie is a businesswoman. An inventor, an author, a podcaster, and a serial entrepreneur. Her surgical device inventions are sold globally, and she has found nine founded nine companies in five different industries. Julie's psychic and medical intuitive skills are learned. And I'm gonna go right to all sorts of things. So, Julie, thank you for being here with me. Oh,
3: my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
6: I am I am looking forward to this. Um so so I want to get into the surgical devices. <laughs>
1: okay?
6: <laughs> I what what kind of surgical devices?
3: Orthopedic surgery devices. My first invention Patty is an auto transfusion device used for total joint surgery, which in English means that when somebody gets a new hip or a knee or a shoulder joint, the bones bleed post-op, post op uh-huh. post post surgery. And the blood that comes out of the bone is really good quality blood. So it goes into a disposable device, like a blood bag and a rigid outer shell. And when it's full, we put a filter on it, turn it upside down and give the patient back their own blood so they don't have to use bank blood, somebody else's blood or pre-deposit their blood. And it's whole blood. So it's got the plasma and the white cells and the red cells and all the goodies versus when you get blood. From a blood bank, it's usually just packed red cells or just mm-hmm. plasma. So it helps people get better, faster. And it's been sold throughout the world for over 30 years, 30 years this year. Wow. wow. And then I have other other yeah. devices as well that I've invented, but my other best known one is used when, when an orthopedic surgeon is scoping a knee or a shoulder, they're doing an arthroscopy and they use lots of irrigation fluid. And that fluid's contaminated because it's coming out of the patient's knee, for instance, and it goes all over the floor of the operating room. So my device is a big mat that's hooked up to suction that collects, contains, and eliminates that fluid so that it's not an infection control nightmare or a hazardous situation for the surgeon and the staff and they're on a wet floor
6: right right so what's your background in in this area we'll get into intuitive here in a in a minute but what's your background in um in creating these i have a communications degree uh huh okay <laughs> that's it okay
3: no, i went to work for a Big hospital supply company. My first job right out of college, and then uh, I um, I started my first company at 25, and had my first inventions that were patented and sold by the age of 30.
6: Yeah. So what what led you on that path of you know dealing with bones and tissues and operating rooms and so forth? I mean, with the communication degree being in the hospital, I mean obviously you intuited a need and moved forward with it. What? Yes,
3: very much so. With yeah. you, as far as the in, the inventions go, I started my first company at 25, and uh, was it was in the medical supply business, and I introduced a product that was a precursor to my inventions to the American marketplace in uh-huh. my mid 20s. And uh, long story short, from a business standpoint, parted ways with them. Ended up suing a 30 billion dollar company for breach of contract and. Uh, started a company to compete with them on that product. Won the lawsuit. Started a company to compete with them and then um, beat them at their own game. Basically, yeah,
1: is yeah, what happened.
3: Yeah, awesome so, yeah, on that. Awesome on that product. On that one product. <laughs> Not certainly. I don't. I didn't have a thirty billion dollar global company, but I
6: I beat them at their own game on that product. Right. Right. Important. All the same. Prim- just to uh, stand because, up.
1: Well, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. It was like. I'm young. I know I'm a girl and I even have blonde hair, but (laughs) I'm I'm taking you to court. I spent 10 days in federal court in Boston of 1990, January of 1990. And I walked into the courtroom, Patty, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And I walked into the courtroom and, you know, this multi-billion dollar company, here's this young woman from california suing them the audacity
6: right right I, right
3: I walked in the courtroom with my lawyer and they had five lawyers in there and i thought oh this gonna be fun but <laughs> still still won the case won a bunch of money from them and then i knew everything that was wrong with their product and i knew everything that was wrong with other products so i i um that were in that space so yeah i designed a better mousetrap if you will and, yeah. and it became number one globally and still is being sold 30 years
6: later. That is absolutely wonderful and phenomenal and just exciting. I mean, females in general just need to hear that. And, you yeah. know, I, I think that, uh, you know, when way back when, when I was in my early 20s and married to a professor of engineering, um, he, would, he would develop new pieces of equipment in agricultural mm. engineering and uh, he'd get stuck on his on his development and he would bring the blueprints home and i'd look at it and say no move this sprocket over here put this put this gear here and as as soon as i looked at it i got it so it was working so he got seven patents while we were together because i could look at that and decide what was what was uh what needed to be readjusted and uh, he never got a single patent afterwards after we divorced so I just, wow. I just think that you know, women. Uh, I don't want to get into a whole women's issue here, but I think women um, undersell themselves, and and certainly in those early twenties. Um, just because you're in your early twenties doesn't mean that you can't see and know what you're talking about. So, kudos. That's just well, that's exciting. Uh,
3: yeah. I just one more point along those that line of thinking is my, I brought in a couple of engineers into Uh my company and they were brilliant, MIT trained and they drew it together. And, you know, we got the patents and all that kind of stuff. But I used to say to them, I, the patent has to be good, granted, but at the same time, I gotta be able to sell it. It doesn't matter how good the the product is. If you can't sell it, it's really not going to benefit anybody exactly and, and i think being able to to your point see the whole picture instead of just what you've been trained to do as far as how are we going to engineer that that's just one piece of the puzzle you know so i had to come true. up with marketing a name trademarks how are we going to sell it who with whom are we going to distribute i mean on and on and on so exactly I think and I think, I think we, as women, to your point, have, we're multitaskers. It's a superpower that Absolutely. we have. Absolutely. We come in with
6: it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for and,
3: asking that.
6: Thank and we don't need to, question. and we don't need to stay in that one genre. I mean, I no. went in politics and, you know, I and started my company and so on and so forth. I mean, it just, I, I love to talk to women who understood early that they could do what they needed to do. They could see the big picture and uh, put all the pieces together and multitask, just like you said, and be able to get somewhere with a product or, or something that someone needs. Um, and this just sounds phenomenal. So I've never had to have uh, knee surgery or anything like that. But as I get older, I'm going to be thinking about you if I do need some. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Be glad oh. to help. Okay, I'll be well. I'll be seeing if your equipment is in the room or not, and you know whether or not it's uh, viable at that point for me. But uh, kudos, it, it's an it's an important um, asset for for uh, for people. So so we've only got a little bit left before we go into our next segment. But um, how did you learn to be a medical intuitive and psychic? I had a girlfriend give me a book for
3: my birthday. And it was called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mays. And she called herself a medical intuitive. And I thought, what the heck is that? I'd never heard that term before. And certainly I was working in the hospital supply industry to help doctors help people heal. And I was interested. So I read her book and then I wanted to know more. And back then, Patty, we didn't have the internet yet and we didn't have Amazon yet. Right. So I I did the old fashioned thing and I went to a bookstore (laughs) and I found a book called Hands of Light by Barbara Brennan, who's a former
1: NASA
3: physicist who parlayed very complex quantum physics principles into understandable English and and teaches people how to use energy fields to facilitate healing. Mm -hmm. And I was interested in learning more. So I called her school at the time. Now, this is 30 years ago. Right. And I uh, called her school and I said, do you have anybody in my area that's teaching, perhaps a graduate? And lo and behold, she did. So hold I studied. that.
6: Hold that thought. You studied with her, I'm sure. Right. So, did. OK, when we come back from break, I want to hear all about that, because it sounds like we have similar paths, but I didn't study with Barbara. So let's come back and uh, folks will be right back with Julie Ryan. This is an exciting show. Stay tuned.
1: Now it's time for a plant fact. Roses are one of the oldest ornamental plants in cultivation, with a history going back over 5,000 years. The philosopher Confucius wrote about them, and Roman emperors treated their guests to dining on carpets of rose petals, with thousands more raining down from above. Become a part of this epic history by planting a proven winner's rose. Just look for the white containers at your local garden center, or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com.
0: Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Jenny as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net.
4: In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional, rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com.
6: And hello, everyone. We're back again. This is Patty Conklin and Healing Within, and my guest Julie Ryan, who is an extraordinary woman, and um, really enjoying our our chat. And I know you're going to learn a lot more as we uh, move through this segment. So, Julie, Barbara Brennan. So, did you take Barbara's training? I did not. I learned
3: from a graduate of her school who took what she learned from Barbara Brennan's school, and then put her own nuances and techniques with that. And I learned from her and I studied with her for six years, Patty. Oh, wow. And paid the equivalent of what I would have paid to get a PhD or an MD in Uh graduate school. (laughs) And, and then started utilizing what I learned. And of course, you know, you learn stuff and then you put your own spin on what you learn and you find techniques and things that work from there. And now I teach, A class to people all over the world. You got to speak English to take my class. Uh I teach it four times a year. It's online. It's real time. We're on Zoom. Before Zoom was popular. That's right. I started it about a year ago, and uh, and I've had people from all walks of life: several doctors, many professors, lawyers, housewives, construction workers. I mean, you don't have to have any prior knowledge. Uh, to take my class and I teach people how to communicate with spirit and then you can take it anywhere you want. I think we all come in with the capability to do this work. It's just a matter of, of utilizing the skills everybody has and, and, and then just
6: enhancing them. Absolutely. That's, that's been my, my philosophy forever is that you've got your own skill. My job as a teacher is just to enhance your skill not to attempt to mini me because that's not gonna work um on any of us. So so but one thing that I always um that I never moved into was speaking to spirit and mm-hmm. and speaking to uh deceased people and so forth. That was never my skill set. So talk mm-hmm. to me about how that developed for you and what that's like for you. Well, I tell people I'm a businesswoman
3: that learned how to do woo-woo and I'm a buffet of psychicness. Which is true. <laughs> and that's what I that's what I teach my students as well. And and how it works to me is if I can help someone communicate with spirit, then they can take it anywhere they want. It's similar to if we can teach someone to read, they can learn anything they want that's in the written word. Mm-hmm. Likewise if I can help people communicate with spirit and validate the information that they're getting. Then they can do whatever they want with it. They can do medical intuitive stuff. They can scan pets. They can talk to deceased loved ones. They can talk to Napoleon or mother mm-hmm. Teresa or anybody they want. They can talk to spirit that's connected to a human body. That's how I do my medical intuitive work. I can, my spirit connects with someone else's spirit. They can do past life stuff. They can do spirit kind stuff, whatever. And every spirit has a frequency, Patty. Mm-hmm. Our heads are like big satellite dishes, and we receive and transmit frequencies like a radio station, like what we're doing right now, talking uh-huh. on your show. Yeah. And by thinking of someone, you tune your satellite dish head to that spirit's frequency, whether it's attached to a body or not, doesn't matter. Because I have found that spirit keeps the same frequency through eternity. And so that's how we're able to do past life. You know, we're able to connect with deceased loved ones, whatever we think of that person that turns our, our satellite dish to their frequency, their station, if you will. Right. And we, we communicate with them telepathically. So spirit communicates in a way that it feels like it's a thought in our head and it comes in instantly. So if we think about it for more than a couple of seconds, that's going to be
6: our brain talking to us. Right, right, right. Yeah, the uh, the instant response is is usually the is usually the uh, spirit response. But so so, and I totally agree that frequency stays out same for eternity. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll tap into someone's frequency within their body. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, look at things there, but mm-hmm. when you're outside of the body, when it's a soul, when it's mm-hmm. a soul spirit, whether we're going into past lives, um, does that change at all for you in terms no. of how you're viewing now? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. no. When I'm,
3: when I'm doing past life stuff, I will, uh, connect to the person obviously ahead of time. And then I will see mini movies in my mind's eye, if you will, kind of in Mm -hmm. my head, my eyes are closed, and I'm watching scenes. And I, I get what I call divine downloads at the same time. So I'll get information about where it was, what the year was, what they were doing, things like that. And then we'll correlate that information with what's happening in their current life, which is really fun to do past life stuff. I'm sure you found the same thing, because we can corroborate information that we receive. With historical data that we can find online, and right. like I'll get i I'll get a name and where they were and what was going on and all that, and then we'll look them up and we'll be able to find <laughs> information on them. And people are like, "Oh my gosh, this yep. is so wild!" Yep, yeah. that's
6: one of the wonderful things about the uh, internet and information is being able to go and and verify and quantify what it is that they're feeling or seeing. So, so talk to me about the twelve stages of transition. When everyone is dying,
3: we go through what I call the twelve phases of transition, which are it, it which is a configuration of angels and deceased loved ones who surround us as we're dying. And everybody goes through this as I perceive it, Patty, whether their death is instant for instance, in a case of a suicide or a homicide, Mm -hmm. or if their death is in their dying process is very prolonged. I had a gal call into my show for two years and her father who had Alzheimer's was dying for two years and he was in phase 11 of 12. Just took him a long time. So I can scan anybody, anywhere in the world, real time. And I'm going to, get a picture of what the configuration of angels and deceased loved ones is around them if they're dying. And I can say, okay, they're in phase six, for instance. And then if they move through the other phases fairly quickly, it's time to call the family in. Yeah. And I find that it's a frame of reference that families really appreciate because oftentimes we are taking time off work or we're traveling long distances to go see our loved one who's dying. And we want to be there for them. Right. And it's it's really helpful. Likewise, I can communicate with the patient who's dying or the person who's dying telepathically and get all kinds of information from them for the family. And I always ask, are you ready to go? What do you need? Are you in pain? And that is really helpful, that information to convey with the family.
6: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so I want to, in following that, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about the children's book, um, okay. that you've just written. Um, my, my seven year old grandson is, is seeing, uh, spirits now. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, and I've talked about it on this, this show before. We, we don't really talk about my mother and, um, and he's only seven years old and we were getting ready to walk in my house, and he looked at me and he's like, Look, there's my great grandmother. And he's pointing to the side of the house. And I'm like, what? And he's like, Your mom. <laughs> and like, and he and I'm like, oh, and he's like, she's standing there. She's saying hi. And I'm like, good. Okay. That, that's great. Hi. And mm-hmm. um, and he looks at me and he's like, Your house is filled with people. Don't you know that? <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. just like, no. Um, but It just, you know, I, I want to keep that active in him. So, you know, I always, I always um, pay attention when he's talking like that, but how do children really, I mean, I kind of think that the more pre-verbal they are, the earlier they can talk, the more that they can remember and bring into things, but how does your book associate with spirit or what are, what are we really looking at for the kids?
3: I've had so many mothers over the years, Patty, that have said to me, can you please write a book and explain that I can use to explain to my child that they really are seeing spirits or Mm -hmm. that they really are remembering past life things that we've been able to corroborate with historic information. And these children can't read yet, so they're very young, and we all come in with the ability to be intuitive and psychic. Mm-hmm. And then children start to sh- shut it down when their grown-ups around them say, oh, honey, that's just your imagination. That's yeah, not nothing, really
6: real. No one's there. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I hear it. And I've had many moms over the years, Patty, say, how do I explain to my 3-year-old that my grandmother's body's in the casket at the funeral home and we're in the funeral home but we're telling him that Grammy's in heaven and he's going no mom Grammy's over there asleep. Uh-huh. Right. So so that's what my book addresses and it talks about that we're spirits and we have a body and and all of that and it's been so well received Patty to the point where I have moms that send me notes or emails or comments and they say things like my two-year-old wouldn't sleep through the night since he was born I got your book we read it we read it once before he went to bed and I said honey if you wake up in the middle of the night talk to your angels and the child has slept through the night ever since and he he requests that we read the book every night Uh and I have a I had a mom just send me a note about her two-year-old in New York City and she said that she wants to read the book every night before she goes to bed. She carries it around with her. And she said, I made the mistake of leaving the house without putting the book in the diaper bag. Oh, goodness. And she had a fit. So she said, I got an extra copy and I just leave it in the diaper bag. And the stories that I'm getting, Patty, just lead me to believe that the message is really resonating with these little children. Little children, yep. Because they, they know it makes sense. And, and I have had... Uh, i had a consult from a a phd in early childhood learning so i've taken great pains to make it in verbiage and in pictures in a way that these children can understand it based on what their cognitive level is
6: yeah let's talk about that a little bit more when we come back folks this is patty conklin and julie ryan on healing within be right back
1: Now it's time for a plant fact. Everyone loves lilacs, but there's more to them than meets the eye. Their scientific name is syringa, which derives from the Greek word syrinx for panpipes. This is because their stems are filled with a spongy pith that can be removed and the hollow wood played like a flute. You can get your own lilac or any of the award-winning Proven Winners flowering shrubs at your local garden center or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com.
4: Are you ready for spring? Well now's the perfect time to head out to your local garden center and pick up a hydrangea from Proven Winners to add to your landscape. Proven Winners hydrangeas are gorgeous and simple to care for. There's just no better or easier way to enjoy a flower filled summer. Take the time to plant one now and look forward to years of enjoyment and compliments. Look for Proven Winners hydrangeas in the white containers at your favorite garden center.
0: For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exonradiotv.com, or www.exontvchannel.com, or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next, we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.
3: Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit iconquality.com.
6: everyone it's patty conklin and healing within thank you so much for being a part of uh, today's show and listening to my awesome guest julie ryan you can find julie at askjulieryan.com and uh look her up on the website i know lots of you are going to be running as we finish up the show today uh but please wait until we finish up the show today so we can uh talk a little bit more and you can hear some more uh some more details. So, so in talking to people about this book um, you were saying you were working with the, was there a PhD parent? What was that? A PhD who
3: runs early childhood learning for Ah. a a very large internet company we would all know and use daily. And uh, she has been my consultant on Here just helping me tweak the words so that little children can really understand the book Mm -hmm. Angel Messages for Kids. And interestingly enough, Patty, I just finished working with her and uh, my editor on this sequel, which is called Angel Messages for Dogs. And Ah. it's it's about angels talking to dogs and, and how you know, dogs have a spirit and they have a body and they pick their family and stuff like that. And, and we're going to, I just was emailing this morning earlier with my illustrator. So we're going to have fun with that one. Wow. I'm I'm being led by these moms with little children and grandmothers too, because these kids have these questions and, and we don't really have good ways to explain this to them. Right. Um, And so that's why I'm being led to do the book. My angelic attendance, what happens as we transition from this life into the next, that's really for the adults. But this is for kids, too, about how does this work? One of my favorite stories is I have a girlfriend whose grandson told his mother, he his name's Walter, and Walter was four when he said this. And he said, Mommy, you're my favorite of all my mommies. And she said, Well, I am your only mommy. And he said, No, Mom, you're my favorite of all my mommies. Mm-hmm. And she said, Well, what do you mean by that? And he said, Well, Mom, babies are born to a mommy and daddy, and then they grow up and they die. And then they're born to another mommy and daddy, and then they grow up and die. And you're my favorite of all my mommies. Uh-huh. And yep. she's on the phone with her mother saying, I call Julie. Find out what she said. <laughs> How does my four year old know this stuff? I mean, where's right. that coming from? Right. And, right. And so the the interesting thing I was I was being led to do that book and it came out very quickly. I actually paid my illustrator double last year to get it out before Christmas. My spirit guide was really urging me to get it out before Christmas. And I thought, all right, all right, all right. It can be a Christmas present. It was published December 20th. But then I was talking to someone else a couple of months ago, Patty, and she said, well, now you know why you were being urged to get it out before Christmas. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, because it's providing so much comfort to children all over the world during yeah. this COVID
6: situation. Right, right. So true. So true. Wow. Wow. It's always, it's always amazing to me on how, how children and, and we as, as communicators or whatever are really sitting back. And if you sit and listen to the child and, and I had that experience with my son, Dan, who at 13 months old was already speaking full sentences Mm -hmm. and he was, he was in a diaper cleaning off the table. And I said, you know, you did a great job, Dan, you know, you can, I think the table's all clean. And he just looked at me and he said, but my other mommy used to let me wash as much as I wanted. And I looked at him and I hadn't decided about past lives. And I mm-hmm. looked at him and I said, what other mommy? And he laid this sponge down and he looked at me and he said, obviously, I need to explain something to you. Oh. <laughs> and chills just went through my spine. And I said, obviously. And he said, you know, it took God a while to get you and daddy ready for me. And it took us five years to conceive. And he said, so he gave me another mommy and daddy to live with. He said, I don't remember my dad very much, but I can remember my mom and I remember her hugs and uh, I can still feel them. And I said, what happened? He, was, he said, I was nine. I got hit by a car because you were ready for me. It didn't hurt, but you were ready for me. And, and I had to sit back because I'm like, here's a 13 month old child. Mm -hmm. Who, you know, we didn't speak about God as dad was an atheist. Um, So we and we didn't have a television. We didn't have radio. I'd never left him alone with a babysitter. So there was nowhere that this information could have come except Mm -hmm. from him and mm-hmm. and i think that so many children really do go through that process and and parents have a tendency to just shut it down because they don't understand it. So mm-hmm. sounds like your book for children is really a great book for the parents as well. It, <laughs> it is.
3: It is. Yes. <laughs> I you know? heard that. And and along those lines with Dan my son Jonathan when he was a toddler Again, very highly verbal, was in uh-huh. sentences, talking in sentences before he could walk. I was uh-huh. rocking him one night and giving him his bottle before going to bed, and I and he pointed. He sat up and he pointed in the corner of the room and he said, "Mommy, what's that?" And I said, "Well, what are you seeing?" And he said, "A red ball." And I said, "Oh, it's just energy." And he laid back down and he's like, "Okay, cool." I was before I did woo woo, Patty. I didn't know uh-huh. what it was, but I but I had <laughs> enough sense to. Acknowledge it. He he was yeah. seeing something, even though if
6: even though I wasn't able yeah. to see it at the time. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, and I don't consider what you're doing woo woo right now. I mean, you know, we go through these, you know, our business life and and our you know our growth time and so forth, and move in and continue to expand and grow. And you're putting together a a whole. Um, regimen of different ideas and thoughts and practices coming into to one ball of wax, and I think it's exciting. Um, so, how do you how do you or what do you see when you identify medical issues in a person? How does that come across to you? It's Are as you if hearing I'm a, it or it, seeing it. I I see it first. It's as mm-hmm. if I'm a human
3: MRI. I can mm-hmm. see in my mind's eye broken bones torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, cancer, whatever. And then I watch and as soon as something is identified, It's like I'm seeing an X-ray or a CT scan or an MRI. And as soon as something's identified, Patty, then I watch an energetic healing begin. And that can take the form of something getting added, something getting removed. I watch procedures all the time that emulate what I saw in operating rooms for all those decades. I was in and out of surgeries and other departments of hospitals. Sometimes I see healings that utilize methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. But at the end of the day, I'm very descriptive with my client because if they can envision or have a sense of what I'm watching happen, and it's spirit working through me and with me doing these healings, if they can have a sense of it, it's going to help integrate it into their body. Mm-hmm. Similar to our, our bodies are going to follow what our brain shows it, even if we don't believe it. And I talk in analogies a lot, and one I use for that is think back to a time when you've watched a scary movie. Your brain knows it's pretend, but your heart may feel like it's getting ready to jump uh-huh. out of your chest at any yeah. moment. Yeah. So the the healing happens on the energetic level, and then it integrates into the person's body. And that can happen either instantly, it can take days, weeks, months. It may need some kind of complementary care like chiropractic or change in diet or surgery or whatever mm-hmm. but certainly it's always the person's spirit's choice how to implement the healing into their body so that it lines up with what it is they want to experience in this lifetime and that's yeah. with everything that's not just with this I mean right that's with where everything. you live what you do with whom do you associate it's all part of our spirit's path of what we're exploring
6: yeah yeah now i know lots of people are interested in pet communication so how Mm -hmm. do pets communicate with you telepathically Mm
3: -hmm. same as as humans i can talk to a pet anywhere in the world i talk to alive pets deceased pets um uh i can scan a pet medically like I do with humans, and see what's going on from a medical standpoint, if need be. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun because my daughter-in-law is a veterinarian, and oftentimes I'll see healings happen on a pet, and then I'll I'll call her later. I'll take notes, and I'll call her later, and I'll if, and I'll say, okay, this is what I saw. Does uh-huh. this make sense to you? And she'll say, <laughs> yeah, you were doing blah 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 blah. So I don't know what the pet names are for things, but I. I can s- describe what I'm seeing like I have a I had a client who has a bunch of horses and she races horses and one of her horses was lame and she said what is going on with this horse and well he had a the equivalent of a torn meniscus whatever uh-huh. that is in horse language uh-huh. and I told her and she lived near a uh, um, big university veterinary hospital she took the horse and she said you need to scope his back leg whatever that part is called it, because uh-huh. he's got a torn whatever and it, she said they looked at me like I was nuts yeah and she said they did an MRI on him and sure enough that's what he needed and they yeah. looked at me again and they said how did you know that and she goes I have a friend that does voodoo medicine <laughs> I said, wow we need to meet her so the it's really medicine. helpful to help pinpoint things not only with with humans, but also with pets, because oftentimes they, oftentimes they usually can't talk to their owners, right? The owner knows how to communicate with them
6: telepathically. Right, right. So when we come back for our last segment, my, my leading question, because we're talking about pets, um, do pets have past lives? So when we come back, Uh, Let's talk about that. So it's Patty Conklin, folks. And my guest today is Julie Ryan, AskJulieRyan.com. And we'll be back in just a minute.
2: Repeating to me over and over again Simultv.com. Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com Exactly. Are you guys psychic, too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com SIMULTV.com
4: In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional, rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com.
6: is patty conklin and healing within thank you so much for uh, listening into the show today my guest is julie ryan at askJulieRyan.com. And uh and you can go research her and uh, listen to her podcasts and read her books and all sorts of uh, information i'm sure is out there so so julie do pets have past life do animals have past lives I should say not just pets, but animals in general. I get a no on that. Yeah. When I
3: ask the question, I get a no. But the interesting point about animals in spirit form is they are present. Their spirits are present around their owners after they die. And they're present when someone is dying. So Mm -hmm. when my mother was dying the first time I saw this configuration of angels and deceased loved ones, uh, every dog that we'd had, as I was growing up, Patty,
6: their spirits were in the room. And I thought, "Wow, oh gosh,
3: am I hallucinating this? And then there were other animal spirits, dogs and other animal spirits in the room as well. And and I had the sense that they were pets that my mother had when she was growing up. And at her funeral, I asked my uncle, who was in from out of town, her brother, and he named every dog that I described to him.
6: He said, wow. yeah, that
3: was that was rusty or that was whatever,
6: Randy wow. or
3: fluffy wow. or whatever. So yeah. I, I always laugh and I, I tell people, I
6: say, I'm
3: just not that creative. I can't make this stuff up.
6: <laughs> I always <laughs> wonder though. I mean, I shouldn't say always wonder because I've never really asked the question before. Um, but I wonder if the animals incarnate with the soul next time around, uh, if they're coming back in, if at some point, Uh, during, during their lifetime, the, the animals incarnate, not necessarily as pets, but just even in surrounding. I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a wide one for me. I don't really, I've never really thought about it, never really studied it. So Mm -hmm. um, why, you know, people will call and ask a lot to talk about past lives. And it's not typically a place I go um, because I have found that there are times when people use a past life as an excuse, a justification not to accomplish something in this lifetime. Um, What is your thoughts on past lives and why is it important for people to know it? Well, I don't think it's important for people to know it unless it's something they're interested in. If they're interested
3: Mm -hmm. in it, they're being led to explore it, which is fine. But how I view past lives, Patty is that we have a basic script of something that our spirit or our soul wants to explore, and then we'll we'll take that script and explore it through multiple lifetimes from different viewpoints. An analogy I use for that is the movie A Star Is Born that was out a couple of years ago with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper.
6: Uh huh.
3: That was a fourth remake of that movie. I saw it. Going to say I was Barbara Streisand. Barbara wasn't Streisand. It? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yep. In the seventies. Yeah. Same script different timeline different setting different cast of characters maybe a few minor nuances but same basic script and so that's what what i find in multiple lifetimes is for instance let's say you want to you want to be an explorer so in one lifetime you explore climbing mount everest and in another lifetime you're exploring maybe being an engineer in the aeronautical space and exploring space or something like that or whatever there's it's it's like there's a basic script and then our free will comes in and we can explore that main theme in a bazillion different ways and we expand out each time we do it mm-hmm. and then when we're done exploring it then we figure out something else we want to explore we go back yeah. into non-physical and it's not just one main thing i think there are perhaps there's there's maybe a theme That could be a main theme, but there are lots of other little themes that we want to explore along the way. Yeah. And and they're very general. And that's where the free will part comes in, which makes it really fun and it makes it an event, an adventure.
6: Right. Right. So talk to me about free will. What are your thoughts on that? Well,
3: free will, I think, is is following where we're led. We have an idea, as I mentioned before, if somebody's interested in exploring past lives, will they have the free will to explore past lives? Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not, they don't. It doesn't doesn't matter. And I think in life, we really can't ever make a mistake because it's all part of our path and everything's always unfolding perfectly. Even if we're in the middle of something that feels bad or even seems horrific, Mm -hmm. it's always unfolding perfectly and it's benefiting us in some way. And when we're in a situation where we're faced with something that we don't like, that's how we create what we do like, because Mm -hmm. if we don't know what we don't like, then we're not going to know what to create with something that's better. Exactly. That's that's why we incarnate is to be able to to explore and experience whatever it is we're creating. Mm
6: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you don't have to physically be present uh, to work with someone. Um, Do people, I know we all, we both work all over the world. Do you get the same questions that I do of how can you do it if you're sitting in Georgia and I'm in Istanbul? And I always say there's no such thing as space and time. And so, to me, you're sitting right here next to me. How do you how do you perceive it when you're working with someone? I raise my vibrational
3: level to the level of spirit. I turn mm-hmm. my abilities on and off at will. I don't walk around scanning people because I don't mm-hmm. think it's ethical. And it would be <laughs> a, it would be obnoxious totally being in a crowd of people. Totally agree. So I, I agree. Raise, raise my vibration level to the level of spirit, which is very high. And then I envision a laser beam going from my body to theirs and I hook in with their spirit again the frequency of their spirit and then I have a hollow picture of a hologram in my mind of them if I'm doing a medical scan for instance and then I envision shooting energy from their feet up through the top of their head it would be like turning on an MRI or a CT Mm -hmm. scan you know that they're in and then and then the information starts coming into my head both visually and also in downloads of information. And so I, I talk about that on the spirit level, when we connect to spirit of super high level, it's, it's like being in this massive running river and it's all the same and you can take it wherever you want. I am rarely with someone when I'm scanning them, I would say less than 1% of the time, a fraction right. of 1% of the time. Right it's always it, it 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 doesn't matter and to your point, time doesn't exist in the spirit world it's a human invention it's a human concoction right so right. there's no there's no limit to what we can do
6: right right so when did you write your first book and we've got a children's book and a a, a, a second children's book coming out what timeline for next book? The, the children's book, Angel Messages for Dogs, will come
3: out by the end of the year. It'll be okay. out probably in the mid-fall yeah. Uh, yeah. time frame. And I wrote Angelic Attendance, gosh, I think it was published maybe three years ago now, Patty. Uh-huh. And, yeah. I, and I was led by my spirit guide, who is a dead pope. His name is Pope Clement VI, to start writing that book, it, it was several years before I had the courage to release it, because uh-huh. I thought, people are just going to think I'm nuts, and I yeah. had all these companies and stuff, and I used to lecture in front of big conferences for business stuff, and I thought, right. people are going to think I'm nuts, <laughs> and so he prodded me, and and quick fun story. He showed up one day and I hit his whole Pope outfit and I said, well, who are you? And he said, Pope Clement. And I said, there was a Pope Clement? And he said, yeah, I was number six. And I said, well, can I help you? And he said, yeah, you're supposed to teach the world what happens when people are dying because they're so afraid and it's crazy. It's been bastardized over all these years. Yeah. And and so I said, well, I'm not doing that. I'm a businesswoman. People are going to think <laughs> I'm nuts. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh-huh. I, I googled him, Patty, and I found he was in office during the bubonic Plague when two thirds of Europe died.
6: Oh, wow. And he's
3: best known for his prayers for the dying and his prayers for the dead. Yeah. And I thought, okay, again, yeah, that's pretty
6: clear. I can't make that up. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of him. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty clear. That's pretty clear. So, so it's just been a treat to have you on and and to uh to hear your story and to hear of your work and so forth so is there a phone number that people can also uh reach you at other than your website or is it mostly through your website of ask dot ryan.com ask dot com. you can
3: you can find whatever you need there links mm-hmm. to the books the show the um, my blog, that is a question somebody has submitted and then I answer it and that's my weekly blog and,
6: yeah.
3: and schedule appointments, my class, every, everything's at askjulieryan.com.
6: Okay. And so in the minute we have left, what, what word of wisdom would you like to leave our listeners today? We're all
3: spirits attached to a body having a human experience and it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> so if something feels bad, you're probably making up stuff out of fear, right? If something feels good. You're in alignment with your spirit. Spirit's all about love and joy.
6: Yeah. And it's pretty easy to discern once you get in the habit. Absolutely. Julie Ryan, thank you so much for being a guest on healing within and, uh, absolutely enjoyed it tremendously. And I hope we stay in touch. So folks, Julie Ryan, will be back. Bye-bye.